and welcome to the Manifest Playbook. My name is Kayla. I am your host of this podcast, and I'm so excited to be here. Today, I am in a different location, so hopefully the sound quality will be better. I did realize, though, that every time I make any sort of movement, my mic picks up on it, so I'm going to try to stay really still and record this. I've also tried to record this episode multiple times, which seems to happen every single week I hit record, and then I just blackout and I realized like I have no idea what I'm talking about so (laughs) I'm going to keep it as concise and to the point as possible and today I want to talk about how to start over again. If you're anything like me you've probably felt like you make some good strides towards better habits or towards your goals or the things that you're driving for And then all of a sudden, it feels like something happens and you're back at square one yet again. This is how I have been feeling for the past week and a half or so, maybe two weeks. And I want to get into it and the things that I've learned and the ways that I'm adjusting moving forward so that I don't have to continue to feel this starting over, over and over again. Which, by the way, I will say is natural. We go through seasons, we go through cycles in every aspect of our life, whether it's emotionally or with our goals or the things that we're aspiring towards. There's so many factors that can make us feel like we're starting over again. And the other thing too, is that the seasons that we notice happen with like, say the weather for me, I live in New Hampshire, so I get spring, summer, fall, winter, and it just repeats in a cycle our bodies actually go through similar periods and seasons where we have this rebirth and awakening like in the spring when everything starts to come back to life again then we have this summer this really strong growing period this warmth and this like glow pretty much and then you hit fall and things start to turn and become a little bit more introspective If you live in an area where you do have the seasons, you start to notice that it gets colder. And then as you go into winter, you spend more time internally like reflecting and doing more of the inner work. And even if you live in a place where you don't have the seasons, like say you live in Florida or Texas or whatever it is, if you don't have those seasons where it's, you know, cold in the winter and then spring warms up and then summer it's hot and then it starts all over again you might not feel like there are these seasons that happen I mean obviously seasons happen everywhere (laughs) everything has like these cycles and changes but my point is that we go through those similar seasons within our bodies as well and so sometimes it feels like we are starting over, over and over and over again, when really it's just a step up. It's a progression point. It is getting you to that next level or helping you reevaluate what it is that you truly want. And I want to tell you the story of what has happened to me in the past couple of weeks that makes me feel like I am starting over again. In the last episode, I think I talked about my relationship with alcohol a little bit more in depth and just some of the things that I've been working through on my own. And in the past couple weeks, I feel like I've gotten a huge test from the universe or from, you know, just a huge test of, am I on the right path? And can I overcome the issues that pop up in order to get to that place that I want to be at next? So two Fridays ago, so not this last Friday, but the Friday prior to that, I went to this event. It was a small, intimate cocktail hour. It was really lovely and such a beautiful location. And 
I think, I don't think it was that day. I think it was the following day was my two month alcohol free mark. Well, I got ready and I went to this cocktail hour and the area that I'm still struggling with, with my relationship with alcohol is in social settings. I noticed that when I'm at home now, I've gotten past the point of feeling like I need to drink when I'm sitting at home at night, which is a huge win in itself. I'll take a minute to celebrate that because it used to be I, I couldn't sit at home at night without feeling like I needed to have a glass or two glasses or three glasses of wine. I couldn't just sit in the silence and be okay with it. I always had to be having something to numb out. So now I'm at a point where I can sit at home all night and not have to feel like I need something to get through that time. So huge win there. But my area where I struggle now is in social settings. So I go to this cocktail hour and I didn't have any intention to drink going into it. And I really just need to learn how to put up my boundaries and keep and hold strong to my boundaries because I was doing pretty well, just doing soda water. And then somebody had made a comment like, oh, we'll just have a drink. Or, you know, why don't you grab a drink? Just go have a glass of wine. It's not a big deal. And because I so badly want to have a relationship with alcohol where, yeah, I can have one glass of wine and it's not a big deal. I would love to be at that point. But that was a test that I needed to take on and see if I could pass, I guess. And um, I did not pass the test. Just I'll just put it bluntly. I ended up having one glass of wine and then that quickly led to a second, which was okay, except for I started to feel that feeling of desperation, like I need more. After the first glass was on, I wish I would have sat, evaluated, how was I feeling? Where was I at emotionally? Was I feeling those cravings? And instead I just went with the craving and went right to my next glass. And I remember too being like, oh my gosh, the bar is closing soon. I need to get another glass of wine. That should have been my indicator that, okay, maybe we need to stop. Maybe we need to not go for that second glass of wine because obviously you're feeling those cravings now. But instead I went for the second glass and then the bar closed down. The event was wrapping up. So everybody decided to go get dinner afterwards and we got to dinner and I ordered a third glass of wine. Now, it wasn't anything crazy where like I was hammered or I was making fool of myself or whatever, but I was definitely past a point of feeling comfortable and feeling like I was in total control of myself and my emotions and all of the things. So the next day, needless to say, I woke up not feeling my best. And after a two month alcohol break, I could feel it even worse. And I was like, feeling the hangover, the anxiety, but also just feeling this overwhelming guilt and sadness. Like, I can't believe I just did that to myself after two months of not having a drink. If I had just said no, I would have woken up today on the the two month mark of not having a drink and I would have felt so much better and known that I was in alignment with what I wanted to do. So it was pretty disheartening when I woke up that next Saturday morning and knew that those two months were great, but I had just, in a way, it felt like I threw it all down the drain, but part of me was like, all right, that's a lesson learned. Don't do that again. So that was Friday. And then Saturday, I felt obviously pretty shitty, so I didn't drink at all. Same with Sunday and Monday. And then Tuesday, I was invited to go out to dinner with a friend. And 
again, kind of went into it with no intention of drinking. But when we sat down, for some reason, before the waiter could even say anything, like I swear to God, it felt like Chardonnay was the first thing out of my mouth before I could even think about it. And again, had a couple glasses of wine. And this was a, a one-on-one small intimate dinner, like not a party, not a rager, nothing. And I had the two glasses of wine at dinner, felt fine, went home. And at my apartment, there has been a bottle of wine that was sitting in my fridge for over two months. Um, It was a gift. And I just was like, you know what? I'll keep it on hand if somebody wants a glass of wine, it comes over, whatever. I just stuck it in the fridge, didn't think anything of it. And in some sick way, it was kind of a test to myself to see like, if I can leave this bottle of wine in the fridge, I'll know that I'm doing okay because it used to be if I had alcohol in the house, I was inevitably going to drink it. But the bottle of wine had been sitting in my fridge for over two months and I hadn't touched it. Well, I came home from dinner and again, I feel like the very first thing I did was go immediately open that bottle of wine and pour myself a very large glass, which serving size is another thing we could talk about. We'll not get into that, but pouring was probably like would have been worth two glasses worth of wine and sat down on the couch. And I was like, you know what? I had like two or three sips and it kind of realized like, okay, this, this is heading down a bad path. (laughs) Like I am not, I'm already feeling pretty, pretty buzzed. And if I keep drinking this, I'm going to get really drunk. So I think I had like two sips of the glass of wine, didn't touch it. The rest of the night, I just left it there. And then when I woke up, it was still sitting in the living room where I left it. But still had that feeling of like, ugh, like why did I do that to myself? I knew that two glasses of wine at dinner, like I could have stopped at one or I could have stopped the second glass. Why did I come home and decide that opening the new bottle of wine was a good idea? So just kind of those feelings again of shame, guilt, regret, And then realizing, okay, I got to figure out a way to either move past this or change something. That was Tuesday. And Thursday, I was leaving for a work trip. So I got up early Thursday morning, like 3 a.m. to go to the airport and I fly to San Diego. So Thursday was lovely. We had a sunset cruise before dinner and then we went to dinner at eight o'clock. So Thursday night, I felt really good because I didn't go overboard. Went to bed, got up Friday, did our training all day. It was great. Friday night rolls around and again, dinner was at like eight o'clock for some reason, all of our dinners were super, super late. So dinner was at eight o'clock and everybody else from the company had arrived. And naturally everybody's there. We all go to dinner. It was super fun. And then we decide, well, we want to go out. We want to explore San Diego. We want to go, we want to walk around. And then Saturday was our last day there. Everybody was leaving on Sunday. So Saturday, same thing. We had back-to-back events all day long, like from brunch in the morning all the way until 10, I think at night, we had back-to-back-to-back events. Now, my flight was at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, so I needed to be up and out of my hotel by 4 a.m. to get to the airport, get through security. Well, we're out on Saturday, and I realized, shit, I need to get up in like three hours. I need to be ready in three hours to go to the airport. Part of me was like, well, just stay up. Don't go to bed. Just get it packed and hang out and do, do something so that you don't go to sleep. And a bigger part of me was like, just take a nap and set your alarm and wake up and you'll be good to go. So we get back. It was like, there's no way I'm going to miss this because I usually don't sleep. I'm not the heaviest sleeper. Go to take a quick nap and wake up a, an hour or two later and get ready to go to the airport. And when I woke up, it was light out. So that was my first 
bad indicator. And it was eight o'clock in the morning. I had completely missed my flight home. In that moment was like, what the fuck did I just do? So now it's eight o'clock AM. I'm in San Diego. I'm across the country from home. And in that moment, I was like, I need to be home now. There is nothing in the world that I need more than to be home now. So I get on my phone and I'm Googling flights and I'm like, I need something that's going to get me out of this city immediately. Ended up finding a direct flight from San Diego to Boston, which by the way, was not the airport I flew out of. So I was flying into somewhere completely different than where I had booked My flights were originally paid for by the company. So my flight to and from San Diego was paid for by the company because it was a work trip. So now not only did I miss my first flight home, that would have gotten me home around 5.15 at night. It's now 8 something in the morning. I have an 11 a.m. flight that gets me back to Boston at like, I don't even know what time I flew in, like 7 something, 8 something. I don't even know at night. So I'm getting home later and I had to spend over $500 for a flight home because I stupidly missed my first one. Then it gets even better. And this was where I really just felt the universe being like, this is karma for your bad choices. I get to the airport and I was literally the last ticket, the last person on the plane, the last everything, because I had just booked my ticket like an hour and a half before. So they stopped me as I was going through and they were like, Hey, because of the ticket that you have, we don't have enough space in the cabin for your carry on. I did not bring a checked bag because it was a long weekend trip. The only thing I had was my carry on in my backpack. So they were like, we're going to need to check your carry on. It's going to be an additional $65. So not only did I pay $500 for this flight. I had to pay another $65 to check my bag. And then when I got to Boston, I had to wait in the baggage claim area for my bag So you can imagine how I was feeling by the time I finally got home. I was just not well in any sense of the word. Now it is Tuesday as I record this. So I've had at least 24 full hours of being home to reflect on what happened and process the situation so that I can pivot accordingly. So as I reflect on this past weekend, I think about the fact that, okay, At the end of the day, nothing so severe happened. I didn't lose my job. I didn't, you know, hurt myself or anybody else. I, there, there could have been way worse things that happened. I obviously could have handled the situation better and saved that almost $600 of getting home. Like to me, when I see what the situation was and what happened, basically my choice to drink cost me an extra $600 that I would not have had to give up had I made better choices. I'm not saying that this $600 is going to make or break my life, but it's not fun to sit there and look at my credit card statement with a $600 charge on it purely because I made some poor choices. Now is where we start to look forward because I sat, I went through the situation. I obviously experienced it firsthand and the flight home was not the most fun thing ever. And not like it was terrible. I slept through most of it, but it just was one of those things where I could have been home sooner, could have saved that money. But now that I'm home, now that I've mostly recovered, I still feel kind of shitty, which is the long-term effects of alcohol on us. But now that I've gotten home and recovered and been like, okay, This is what happened. Let's view this situation and let's put 
something into place where this won't happen again. Or let's review our decisions so that we can make better choices next time. Which I feel like I sound like an elementary school teacher saying that, like, let's make better choices. And as a 25 year old person having to look at myself in the mirror and be like, you need to make better decisions. It kind of sucks, not gonna lie. It feels really hard. But what feels worse is the feeling of having to start over again. Obviously, in the past two weeks of experimenting with, can I have responsible drinking choices? Like, can I be a responsible drinker? Is alcohol genuinely affecting my life that much? What I can say with 100% certainty after this past two weeks is yes, alcohol affects my life to the point where I do not want it, nor do I need it to survive. And from this point on, my goal is to not have situations like this come up again. If you listened to my last episode, you probably heard about my birthday weekend that I talked about where I went way over the deep end again. That was even a worse situation, like blacked out, all the things. And that was back in June. So it's been a few months. And these things used to happen more frequently where I would have a really shitty binge week, like drinking weekend, and then have to do this whole process over again. So it's been a few months, but now I'm looking at it and realizing, okay, you tried, you took your break, and my life was so incredible the two months that I was not drinking. And then as I tried to dabble with it and see, okay, is this something I can incorporate in my life in moderation? Is there a way for me to moderate my intake so that these events don't happen? From what I've experienced this past week and a half, two weeks, is that no, your life is way better off without drinking. So let's go back to the non-drinking thing because I was happier, healthier, I felt better, the mental clarity, all of the things, everything that happened this past week and a half reminds me why I stopped in the first place, which is very empowering and feels good. But at the same time, I know I can't just avoid every social situation because alcohol is going to be around or because people might, you know, pressure you to have a drink, whatever it is. I know I can't just hide out in my house 24 seven and be scared to go out into the world and scared to see people because of my poor relationship with alcohol. But I need to find a way to manage it so that I don't have situations that happen like this. And so I don't feel scared to leave my house because I feel like I'm going to get pressured to have a drink. I just realized too, as I was saying all this stuff, I feel like this, this podcast, people are probably like, does this girl only talk about her not drinking? But like I said, if you maybe aren't somebody who struggles with your relationship with alcohol. Maybe you have a situation where you struggle with your relationship with food, with social media, with drugs, with whatever it is. Just take my examples and swap out whatever it is that you are struggling with, because I'm sure at the root of it, you can probably find situations that are similar to what I've experienced with that particular thing that you know does not serve you. For me, it's alcohol. For you, it could be something else. But What we need to do and realize is that we can take control of these situations. As much as sometimes there is an outside influence that makes it seem like we aren't in control or the peer pressure is too strong or whatever it may be, those are all kind of excuses. Because if we are so dedicated to ourselves, if we are so dedicated to making a change in our lives, we need to stick by our decision. We need to have those boundaries where it's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to let my friend say, oh, come on. It's just one shot. Come on. Come on. Oh, a beer's not going to hurt. No, 
I'm going to put my foot down and say, I know how this is going to end up for me. And I want all of us to have the best time possible. So I am not going to go down that road because I know ultimately that is going to lead to bad decisions, a bad night, whatever it is. I want to make the best choice for myself and everybody else in the situation. So for me moving forward, that choice will be to not drink. And you know what? I'm not going to sit here and say that I'll never have a drink again. I don't know. Maybe at some point I will. But for right now, especially after these two weeks of experimenting and just seeing, can I have that drink in moderation? Can I be a responsible adult? (laughs) Still makes me laugh to say, but can I do that? No, not right now. I can't. So I cannot participate in that kind of situation because I know how it will end up for me. And on the flip side of that, I know how much better I feel, how much happier I am, how much more mental clarity I have. My skin looks better. My just everything feels better when I am not drinking. And again, this could go for anything. If you struggle with drugs, maybe it's the same thing. Maybe it's your mental clarity that you miss or you see the effects on your body physically, whatever it is. Think about why it is that you're not doing that thing. Think about the positive aspects of not doing the thing. Because a lot of times we'll get caught up in, oh my gosh, well, I can't do this. It's restricting. I'm holding myself back. I'm not allowing myself to have a good time. No, that is not the case at all. Just because you see everybody else being able to drink in moderation or I don't even know, like maybe it's smoke weed and you know you see somebody who can go to a concert and have a couple of hits and be good, but you know if you even light up a joint or whatever, you're going to smoke the whole thing and you're going to want more. Don't do it then because yeah, there's other people who can do these things in moderation and that's fine for them, but you are not those other people. You know your boundaries, you know what you want for yourself. And if you aspire to have more things, if you aspire to do more, if you have goals and ambitions that you want to meet and you know there is something that is holding you back from that, like what this is in my situation, you got to cut the shit. You got to just stop doing what it is. And yeah, it's going to suck. Honestly, for me, the hardest part isn't the not drinking. It's hearing people be like, oh, well, why can't you just have one drink? Or, oh, you're not fun anymore because you're not drinking. That was the hardest part for me. The hardest part for me is not not drinking because I could not drink and be totally happy and totally fine. I know I'm happier when I'm not drinking. For me, it's the pressure from other people. And that is a belief or a subconscious issue that I need to work on is trying to, I want to say be a people pleaser because I feel like that's another thing that everybody talks about now. It's like, oh, I'm a people pleaser. But when somebody is trying to get you to do something, falling into that peer pressure so easily, I need to step back and be like, okay, you know what? I totally get that you want to have a shot. You want to have a beer. You can have the drink and be okay and stop at one. I know I cannot. So I'll stick to my Diet Coke. Thank you very much. And to wrap it up with the core intention of this episode today, starting over again. I title it this way because that's how it feels for me. When I first got back and I was like, I have to start this process all over again. I was doing so well for a couple months. The really like getting down on myself, beating myself up for it. Now I'm trying to spin it in a positive light where starting over again is not a bad thing. Starting over again means I got tested by the universe and the universe said, okay, are you really ready for this? Are you ready to go to the next level of what it is that you want to do? And 
my choices show that no, I'm not quite ready for that. I still have some shit I need to work through. There are some things that I need to adjust and some areas I need to uncover, whether it be in my subconscious or from maybe traumatic experiences in the past. We, I don't know yet, but there are some things that I need to work on before I can really get to that next level because this test from the universe just showed me that I'm not quite there where I need to be yet or where I want to be. But when I look back on the past few months where I didn't drink for two months straight and how good that felt, that shows me that there is possibility, there is hope, and there is a way that I will get to that next level. I just need to work a little bit harder to get there. And now for the things that I am going to do to make sure that I am doing the things that I want to do, doing the things that are best for me, and not falling back into the trap of my vices, I want to get back on doing my habit tracker. That was something that honestly fell off for me the same night that I drank for the first time again, that Friday night at the cocktail hour was the same day that I stopped doing my habit tracking. So I have posted about before and I've talked about in past episodes, I have a calendar that I keep on the wall in my office and I have between eight and 10 habits on there right now that I like to try to incorporate throughout my week and just make sure that I'm doing healthy habits to keep myself mentally, physically, and emotionally fit and in a good space. That same day that I started drinking again, I'll just call it what it is, that same night I had a drink, the next day I didn't do any of my habits and I didn't track my habits. And from that point until now, there's a big gaping hole on my calendar of not tracking the habits because I wasn't doing them. I haven't been doing them. I haven't meditated. I haven't journaled. I've been reading a little bit, but not like in a productive way, I guess. Like I'll read a couple pages and be like, ugh, and go do something else or scroll on my phone. I've been numbing out more than I have been focusing on doing the work. And to me, that's showing me, okay, we're starting to regress here. You need to get back on these habits because I can see how happy I was when I was doing these habits and keeping track of them and, you know, keeping score of how many days I hadn't had a drink. Those sorts of things were keeping me going. And since I fell off of that, I'm realizing, all right, I'm starting to spiral back down into this place that I don't like to be in. So starting at the very simplest point of re-implementing the habits that I know are going to make me happier, healthier, and all around better. The second thing that I'm going to be doing to get back on track and to make sure that I am more aware of how I am showing up and the things that I'm doing to better myself is when I first got curious about not drinking, I started following a lot of people on Instagram and joining Facebook groups of other people who didn't drink because I felt like I needed more of a community. I needed support and I needed other people who were on the same path as me so that I didn't feel so alone in it. Again, if you aren't somebody who struggles with drinking, maybe you struggle with something else, look up resources for groups of people who are also trying to do something different or not do whatever it is that habit is that you notice try to find communities or groups of people that are on the same path as you. And it could be something like, oh, well, you know, I'm on social media too much. I definitely notice that social media affects my mindset. Maybe don't join Facebook groups or follow Instagram pages then that have that because obviously that's feeding right into the problem. But try to find maybe an email list where you're getting weekly emails from somebody about trying to limit your social media use time. Or 
if you just notice it's because you're scrolling too much, obviously you're already on the app. Why don't you start posting things instead or start engaging in content more? Just find a way to change what the habit is. So for me, I'm going to go back to those Facebook groups and the people that I follow on Instagram who don't drink. And I'm going to start going back into okay, what is the reason behind this? What is other people's why? What is my own why? How can I stay motivated? And when I feel that moment of weakness or where somebody asks like, oh, are you sure you don't want to drink? How can I stand up for myself and reinforce those boundaries of no, I don't, I'm good. Thank you for your offer, but I am not doing that. And this is why I found for myself, I need to go back to those groups where people are in that same mindset as me so that I can feel like I have more support because in my day-to-day life, I mean, I'm usually by myself most of the time because I work from home, so I'm usually alone anyway, but having a a group of people, a support system who are on the same path is so insanely helpful if you are trying to break a habit or reinforce a new healthy habit into your life. And the third and final thing that I'm going to be doing to get back on track and to start over again in the most positive way possible is not beat myself up over what happened this past weekend. In past circumstances, I probably would have let this situation bother me for weeks and weeks and weeks and just go back and ruminate on every little detail, every issue, every what if I had done this, what if I hadn't done this, what if, what if, what if, or I should have done this or I should have done that. If we're just ruminating on the past and that's all we're thinking about, we're not moving forward. So the third and final thing that I'm doing to start over again in the most positive way possible is to not sit and think over and over and over about what happened this past weekend. I'm going to accept that it happened, accept that it was shitty and move forward because that's all we can do is just move on and focus on the now, the present, and then focus on what it is in the future that we're doing this for. So in my present moment right now, I'm sitting here recording this and this makes me happy. I know that by doing this, I am getting back myself back on track and I'm not focusing on, oh my God, I can't believe I did this or I should have done that. I'm not focusing on that. I'm focusing on this present moment right now where I'm recording this podcast and what I'm going to do this afternoon where you know I'm going to go finish up my work day and walk my dog and make a healthy dinner, things like that to put myself in that back in that mind state of I'm good. Things are good. Life is good good things are always coming to me and not focus on the past. So that is my story of why I am starting over again. And if this helped at all, if there's anything that you took from this, and maybe it's not on the same magnitude of missing a flight and having to pay $600 to get home. Maybe it's something as simple as, you know, if you are say somebody who struggles with their like alcohol relationship. Maybe you just had a couple too many drinks sitting at home one night, nothing bad happened, but you're just like, Oh, that sucks. I can't believe I did that. Move on. It's over. It happened. Focus on the future. And if you have to start over again, it is not the worst thing. We all have points where we have to start over again, whether it be for a positive reason, whether it be for a negative reason, or whether it be just for something that happened that you're just trying to move past starting over is not always a bad thing and with that i do want to mention if there is something that you are working through or an issue that you have that you're trying to work on and you think it goes beyond the point of just being able to do it by yourself i invite and encourage asking for help reaching out whether it be like i said in a facebook group or community or if that means maybe 
going to see a therapist or somebody that can help you with that, doing some deeper therapy forms of therapy to get past this problem. I highly encourage that as well. So don't think that this just needs to be something that you have to go through by yourself. There are so many options and resources out there if you are struggling with whatever your vice, insert vice or addiction or whatever it is here. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that you were able to take something from it. Learn from my mistakes. Don't miss your flight. (laughs) It's bad news for everybody. Um, No, but seriously, thank you for listening to this. If there is any other topics you want to hear about or any pieces of my story that you would want me to discuss in more detail, I would be happy to do so. So send me a message, uh, follow me on Instagram at Kayla C. Martin, Kayla with an I, and at The Manifest Playbook. And if you have a small business or want to do some marketing, I also own a marketing agency as well. So you can find me at Manifest Marketing LLC on Instagram and Facebook as well. So thank you for listening to this episode. I appreciate it. I love you. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.